Welcome to Harvest Australia Church Podcast. We're so glad you're listening today. We pray this blesses you and encourages you. And if you want to get in touch with us or find out more about our ministry, please check out our website or social media. We pray you have a great day. Let me pray before I start. Lord, we thank you this morning that you are here with us. Thank you for your presence. Lord, we ask that you would increase, that you would speak to us, that you would release your blessing, release your knowledge, release your understanding and your goodness through this entire room. Today, Lord, we pray that you would shape us, grow us, strengthen us in every way that you want us to be. And Lord, we pray for this week that you would do good things, that you would let us be great sowers and harvesters in your kingdom, in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to turn to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. I've got it up on the screen in the New Living. It's um, similar in most versions, but James chapter 1 I'm going to start reading from verse 5. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. That last bit is really the clencher that a lot of us would know that verse. Um, uh, Other versions say a double-minded man should not expect to get anything from the Lord. They're unstable in his mind, in a sense. So it's, it's really that theme of having divided loyalty. This is why I got the new living, because it's that word divided loyalty between God and the world. It's not saying we have to separate ourselves from the world. It's saying that where is our loyalty? Where is our heart? Where is our motivation? And that comes from the Lord. But if we are unstable or if we are double-minded, as in we may be, oh, I want to do a little bit of that and a little bit of that, and hopefully it'll work. In the recipe of the kingdom of God, it doesn't work. If you have some leaven in there, it won't work. If you have some of the world's thinking, um, loyalties in our heart, as well as what God's calling us to do, it won't work. He won't answer that prayer. Why? Because he loves faith. And if we go up in James chapter 1 a little further, in a little higher, uh, in verse 1, 2, and 3, it talks about faith. That's what this is talking about. And to have faith, we often need clarity. And that's what I want to speak on today, clarity. Because we're at the beginning of a new year, 2018. A lot of decisions being made, changes being made, transitions. For some of us, you know, it's very similar and... and uh, you know, and there's, there's not a whole lot going on. But it's a new year. It's a fresh year. And we always begin to think about some things in a new year. And so things like clarity are important. Sometimes it's easy to get caught in a spiral where year after year, the same things are happening. The same things are going on. 
It's like a merry-go-round. And maybe we make some resolutions and by February we've, you know, we're not doing that anymore. We're not fulfilling any of those resolutions. Or, or maybe just life seems to be going on this same cycle where there's no breakthrough, where there's nothing really godly happening in our life where we could say, wow, I've actually grown in the last year from, from the year before. Well, that's what I want to talk about today because I think one of the keys to really helping us journey through this life with Jesus successfully and actually surviving and staying a believer, staying in faith and not giving up is having clarity. Often when people will talk about this, and and as you know, I'm a fan of Tony Robbins and motivational guys, and I like hearing guys like that because uh, that's just one of those interesting things to do. Hey, here's a really random thing I was going to preach on, but I'm not going today just because I thought this would be a good one. But I'll just pose a question to you. If you could have three people, dinner with three people, any, any people in the world, who'd you have dinner with? I was actually dwelling on Random things go up in my head during the week, I can tell you that. But I was thinking about it this week. Here's my three. Bill Johnson, Dwayne Johnson, <laughs> and Tony Robbins. And if you don't know who they are, you can Google them. You'll find out very quickly. You might think, oh, that's very fleshly to, to want to have dinner with, you know, people who aren't necessarily Christians or whatever. But anyway, I have, I have a method in my madness. Bill Johnson for spirit. Dwayne Johnson, the rock, for the body. And Tony Robbins for the soul. Because he's a motivational guy. He gets people healed up of their emotional rubbish and, and uh, gets them flowing again. And so... Spirit, soul, and body. I thought that's a good combination. Anyway, I just say that it has absolutely nothing to do with what I want to share this morning. But have a think about it this week. Who are the three people you'd love to have dinner with? Any three in the world. And then you start to assess yourself. It will quickly tell you who you are. It will quickly bring some clarity about actually who you are as a person, who you want to have dinner with. And... Um, so it does have a little bit of relevance to what I want to say this morning because sometimes finding clarity for our own lives is as simple as asking ourselves, who am I? Who am I? What do I like doing? Who do I like being with? What sort of things do I dream about? And asking ourselves some questions because any fogginess in our life, any uncertainty can normally be quickly distilled down if we'll actually get really honest with ourselves. Here's a quote from Shannon Alder, who's, a, who's an author, and, uh, and it says, Clarity and focus doesn't always come from God or inspirational quotes. Usually, it takes your mother to slap the reality back into you. <laughs> and for some of us, maybe that's what it takes. Or maybe it's not your mother. Maybe it's yourself actually getting real with yourself. And saying, okay, this hasn't been working for the last few years. So something's got to change in my thinking. Something's got to change in my life to bring about a different result, right? Something's got to change so that I can actually journey on a slightly different track, maybe even just a 1% change, so that I can begin to see some of that fruit that my heart desires. Every single one of you, including me, in this room has a calling and a mandate from heaven ordained by God that if we will listen and if we will follow the clarity of his voice, we will find our destiny. We will find fulfillment. 
For some people, it's, it's, it's in, in a realm that is, is localized. Other people, it's globalized. It doesn't matter. I was reading a, a great blog this week talking about the tension in the Western world about having a big church or a small church. And I was reading it, I was thinking, wow, that's, it's just fascinating how much pressure we can put on ourselves sometimes to have a big church. And ultimately, there's, there's no scriptural backing for all of that energy, all of that thought, all of that stress that pastors put on themselves in thinking, we've got to be doing this. Now, we want to grow and we want to be vibrant and we want to see people saved and we want all that stuff. And we'll keep going after that stuff. But it can't be our motivation. It can't be our motivation. And so actually asking ourselves some questions brings clarity. And so let me pose a couple of questions here this morning. Based around James chapter 1 in not being double-minded, half the time it's just a matter of getting rid of some of the stuff that we shouldn't be thinking or doing and actually being honest with ourselves and saying, well, actually, that's who I am. That's who I am. That's what God's called me to be. And then pursuing that. But here's three things to have a think about when it comes to clarity. The first one is present, being present. And it it goes along with his presence. When we're present, we're actually aware of ourselves. We're aware of our situation. We're aware of who we're not. We might be desiring bigger things, but we actually have self-awareness. Self-awareness is such a powerful tool in this modern era. If people are, are not self-aware, then there's kind, of, there's kind of an awkwardness, isn't there, in the air? Because it's like, hey, dude, you're not realizing you're doing that, but you're doing that. And so being self-aware is actually acknowledging, okay, this is, this is my gifting. This is my skill set. I'm not going to jump 10 steps ahead, 10 steps behind. I'm aware enough to know exactly my gifts and my talents. And, and I'm going to walk in that in as strong a way as I possibly can. But being present is actually being present of mind. Being present of mind brings clarity. Being in his presence brings clarity. Because sometimes we can even come to church and, and, and maybe have a worship time like we did this morning. God's presence was here this morning. He still is. He doesn't leave just as the final notes are sung uh, off to the next church. Okay, you're finished worship now. I'm on to the next church. He's still here. But when we're in his manifest presence, sometimes clarity comes, doesn't it? Just maybe prophetic clarity. Maybe just something drops in our, in our head. Maybe it's just a simple word. Maybe it's, maybe it's a, a love slap from God. Believe it or not, I believe he does that, you know, in the right way. He just gives us a little slap and says, hang on, what are you doing that stuff for? What's, why is that in your life? Why are you worried about that stuff? Why are you fearful? Why are you stressed about that? And, and in worship, often I find it's like a washing time. It's like, well, in a, in a little bit of a shower during worship. He's just washing and washing and washing. And then, you know, maybe we come out freer. We come out more recognizing. So being present is actually to be aware of his presence, aware of who we are, aware of him in our lives. The second one is vision. A lot talked about vision in so many different ways. So I don't really want to have a vision, you know, statement, so to speak. But Psalm 119, 130 says this, The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. When we get his word for our life, or maybe for a year, maybe for a season, it gives understanding to things that used to be 
foggy, used to be uncertain in our lives. Maybe doubts, maybe fears, or not knowing which decision to make, which journey to take. When we get in his word, when we hear his word over our life, it brings clarity. It brings fresh revelation. We actually know then what we should be doing. And there's something really powerful about people who have clarity in their lives because they're not trying to convince you of stuff. They're not trying to um, put anything on them. They're they're self-assured and self-aware enough to know that they're happy with what God's spoken to them. They're happy with the journey they're on because they know God. They know his voice. And a spirit of sonship doesn't have to prove itself. A spirit of sonship is powerful. Because it walks with authority, walks with royalty, walks with knowledge, walks with understanding because we've heard God's voice when we carry that. So vision is one of those things that I I actually think that vision comes really powerfully if it's spirit-led. If it's spirit-led, it's like instinct. I've spoken before on, on... how I hear the voice of God, it's quite simply. I don't really hear big, massive statements or, um, you know, in dramatic ways. But the Lord tends to speak to me in very, very short phrases, normally three or four words. And, um, and so the clearest points in our life where we've had to make big decisions or where the Lord's leading us into something, the, the two biggest areas for me and I think for us, even as a family, we're one into business, calling into business, and the second thing, calling into ministry. Both those times, you would think that you would, you would get sentences from the Lord. But he only gave me, I think he gave Karen the sentences and I got the words. I just got three or four words. But I remember in my early 20s walking through the factory that I was working for at the time, and um, I remember walking out the office to can remember it really clearly. And that's when you really know it's the Lord, when you can remember 20-odd years later and you know exactly where you were, exactly what you were doing as he spoke. And I remember walking out, out of the office door into the factory and he basically just put in my spirit. It wasn't even audible or anything, you know, radical, but he just put in my spirit, this place is yours. Now, for those of you who are working for employers right now, you think about that. Wouldn't that be weird for him just to all of a sudden say to you, oh, by the way, this place is yours. It's not his or hers. It's a strange thing. It was a strange thing for me. And I remember looking around going, gee, that's going to have to be God for that to happen. Because at that stage, there was no sign of it. Um, I absolutely wasn't qualified absolutely wasn't you know really dwelling on that as a as a potential but it was spirit led instinct and spirit led instinct creates vision creates clarity so if the lord's planted things into you that you can't avoid and that keep coming back to you that you can recall that you can remember that you could you could actually say wow i, I think that was from him actually and maybe maybe the waves have tried to buffet and all sorts of things have tried to come and and steal that from you if it's spirit led instinct it's probably going to happen it's probably going to happen and obedience and faith and all those things are part of it but th- that those two times for us have been visionary clarifying times where we've heard the Lord, and we've then began to follow in the, in the path of that vision. We haven't had to whip it up. 
If you have to whip up vision, sometimes it doesn't last. But if it's spirit-led vision, then it's birthed in you. It's birthed in your spirit. And that's what I really pray today for clarity for all of us, that if you don't feel like you have spirit-led clarity or vision for your life, then begin listening. Begin listening and see what he says to you. Begin journaling or find a place where maybe he's spoken to you before and go back there or research or learn, pray, worship, whatever it takes to hear a spirit-led voice. The other time in ministry, I really needed confirmation from the Lord um, because I knew we were going to take a big pay cut from business to ministry. And you can laugh at that. That was, it was a joke. I, again, I just praying and, and I think we we're on a fast and just trying to hear the Lord. And, uh, and, and that's all, all he really said to me is, I am calling you. And I knew exactly what it meant. Sometimes the words don't always say the fullness of the meaning because he, he puts this impression on your spirit. And, and the impression actually speaks more than the words. I don't know if you ever had that. But, but you'll know because he speaks personally to each one of us and he gives us seed so that we can then water and then it grows into a vision, doesn't it? It grows into a purpose. The last thing is purpose. Purpose. This is one of those things that in in our modern day era, a lot of people struggle with their purpose. I believe when we distill down all the voices, all of the different things, and we actually get with God and we get self-aware and we, and we get present with him, not just, not just even all the dreams and all the future things, but we actually get present with him, we actually find our purpose. In Galatians 6 verse 7, and it says, and most of us know this in the NIV, but this is in the God's Word translation. It says, whatever you plant is what you harvest. Whatever you plant is what you harvest. Whatever you've been planting for the last year or two, things are generally seasonal, aren't they? Whatever you've been planting, that's what you're going to reap. That's what you're going to harvest. Now, sometimes this is quoted in a negative sense. I'm hopefully that we've been planting pretty good seed in the last 12 and 18 months. Because if you have been in prayer, faithful, standing, believing, whatever that looks like for you, then you can be assured whatever you've been planting, you're going to harvest. It's the Word of God. And it doesn't matter how you feel or how people around you feel, the Word of God trumps it every day of the week, surpasses it, surpasses our feelings, surpasses our experience, surpasses our thinks and our mights and our maybes and our nots and our disappointments and our fears. God's Word just, it just is way beyond that. So if, you, if you're needing some of that in your life, maybe for this year, or what does it look like? What's the purpose? What's the vision? Well, what are you sowing in? What are you sowing in? What area are you sowing? Is sowing in prayer, sowing in faith, sowing in this? I'm not just talking about finance. I'm talking about us, who we are, who we are. Because as this verse says, whatever you plant is what you harvest. Or what you sow, you reap is the one we most of us know. Whatever you plant is what you harvest. If we want to have clarity in our lives, it's really, really important to get honest with ourselves. I've found that more often than not, most of us trip up when it comes to clarity and vision in our lives because we're shooting so far ahead and we're forgetting about the small steps. 
I believe that inheritance is built in micro steps. What am I doing today? What am I doing in the next few hours? What am I doing tomorrow? What am I doing in a few weeks' time? It's one thing that we've been learning. We've been going to the gym for the last year or two. I know that's what you're thinking, that that's been happening. And, um, and one thing I've really noticed that it, it, it takes a lot of time. I mean, there's some big dudes at the gym and, and I've been going a little more regularly, you know, as we've been taking a bit of time off and, and they're there every day. And I'm like, man, what do you guys do for a living? And the funny thing is I think they're thinking that about me. What do you do? <laughs> but anyway, these guys are big guys. They've, they've, they've built a lot of muscle. And, um, and they quite enjoy that. You see them look, posing in the mirrors and everything like that. And sometimes I look over and I sort of grin at myself and I think, where else in the world can you go somewhere where you can be completely vain and completely proud of your own physique and everyone thinks it's perfectly okay? In fact, everyone, you know, really looks at you and admires you for that. Imagine walking down Rundle Mall or standing here in worship and you're just sort of, you know, doing some tensing or, you know, tense your pecs or abs or something like that. And I can see Rob Bayery pulling off a few moves like that. It'd be weird, wouldn't it? But here's the thing. Here's the point of that whole random rant. It takes quite a lot of small steps to build something. A lot of a stop short of the glory. We shot, stop short of the prize. So if, if you're halfway through, keep going. If you're quarter of the way, keep going. Don't give up. Don't let the enemy steal the prize from you. Don't let anyone else steal the prize from you. Because God has good things for each one of you. Every single person. In this room, he has great things waiting for you. He has purpose. He has destiny. He has hope. He has victory. Some of you, maybe you've been journeying through life and you've been hitting a wall in every turn and you think, well, this is just my lot. I want to say to you, it's a lie of the enemy. It's not your lot. Your destiny is victory. Otherwise, we don't have a victorious God. We have a victorious Jesus who did it all, paid it all, and has already achieved that status of victory. We can live that victorious life in him and through him. Sometimes it's, it's just like, I love that song, I believe, because it's just like, it's like the theology of Jesus comes to life when we worship it. I remember as a kid growing up reading the Apostles' Creed, which is pretty much what that is, and I believe this, I believe that, I believe this, I believe that. It was kind of boring. But when you worship to it, it comes alive. And that's theology, living theology, isn't it? Because actually theology is meant to be alive. It's meant to be living because it's about Christ and he's alive. And so whatever situation you're in, particularly if you uh, have been hitting walls, wherever you're turning, hitting walls, I want to say to you this morning, don't worry. Don't give up. Victory is ahead of you. Victory is ahead of you. It might be in whatever area, relationally, job-wise, career-wise, money-wise, any realm of life. God has hope and destiny for every single person. He has good things, good things. The reason I'm drumming on that a little bit this morning, because even as I'm saying that, I'm feeling like I'm just breaking through some little doubts that some people have. He has good things. Just turn to your neighbor and say, he's got good things for you. 
turn to the other person and say, he's got great things for you. It's often said that where the enemy attacks us, that's where God's going to use us. And that practically plays out in a lot of our lives. It's, it's one of those things. Now, I don't have a great theological argument to support that necessarily. I'm sure a lot of you can think of some examples, and I can even as I'm saying that. However, that's not my point today. My point is that some of us in different journeys of life, we'll find that there's particular areas that we know the enemy has come. He's tried to steal, kill and destroy. But God wants to bring life. And when we learn to actually turn our situations around, turn our thinking around and begin to step out in faith, maybe just those micro steps, don't start your ministry tomorrow. Don't go and start a website and begin, you know, doing all this. Stuff. That's, that's not the way. The way is small steps, small steps, just like in same in business, same in any area of our life. In, in health in particular, the, the enemy tried to come and steal, kill and destroy Karen's health. And it's been one of those areas that we now, we now rev. She's got a green smoothie with her right now. We just, we love those things. And the more stuff we can stuff into a smoothie in the morning, I mean, we have like 25 ingredients we'll stuff into that thing. Then the healthier, the better, you know. And sometimes I don't even know what we got, but Karen knows, so I'm just putting it in. But all, all of that inheritance has come from where the enemies attacked us. So where's the enemy trying to attack you? Where's he tried to attack you? Ask the Lord for victory in that area. Ask the Lord to turn the tables on the enemy. Ask the Lord to turn it round. Ask the Lord to weed out the foxes. It's kind of relevant for us this week. I'm going to finish with an interesting story. We were at our farm and Leisha was with us and she spotted a fox down, down, down the hill and so we're looking out the window. We're all getting Balin's binoculars. Really? There's a, he loves binoculars. So he just grabs his binoculars. We're all looking. Oh, no, that's a kangaroo. No, nah, it's a rabbit. We're all debating on what it is. And Alicia held firm. She was a good spotter. Oh, I think it's a fox. So we grabbed the gun and we ran down there. And, and um, lo and behold, it was actually it was a scrawny looking thing. I mean, it was strange. It didn't occur to me at the time it could have been the neighbor's dog. <laughs> Maybe I'll just pause it there. We'll leave now and we'll just... Happy days. Anyway, the good news is I don't think it was the neighbor's dog. It was, it was in my mind, it was definitely a fox. Um, but I have been processing it a little bit the last few days. <laughs> anyway, so... The good news is we, we, we half got it. So it's somewhere. <laughs> if, it, if, it, if it dribbles down your driveway, then... Then you'll, you'll, you'll know. But uh, anyway, the good news is on the way back, we saw a bunny and we got that. And, and that's been widely publicised. But the good example here, if I can just bring us back into a state of godly thinking here. Weed out the foxes. Get rid of them. 
Get rid of any negative voice in your life. Get rid of toxicity in your body and in relationships. Get rid of toxic stuff. Get rid of it out of your life. Anything that is contrary to the gospel will cause you to be double-minded. And, and I have to do this. Even this week, uh, you know, I mean, it's just there's so many things that want to draw our thinking, draw our minds out and create double-minded people. If the enemy can create double-minded believers, then instead of vision, we have division. And so if he can just divide us even a few percent in our own minds from the gospel and what we're called to do, then he's created division. He's created double-minded believers. He's created us to be thinking, oh, should we do it? I don't know. I don't know. So we half pray and God doesn't answer half prayers. He's graceful. He's faithful. He answers prayers we don't even pray sometimes. But one thing he loves is faith, which believes his word and stands on his word. Get rid of foxes out of your life. Shoot them. Do whatever you have to do to them. Half shoot them. Poor thing. <laughs> it's a bit strange, isn't it? But I know it's terrible. It is. <laughs> Let's stand. I've got a few other stories I could tell about beehives this week, but I won't go there. Let's just say I've been attacked this week. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hey, just raise your hands. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to come and fill us this week. I just want the worship team to come up as we do this. And Lord, we pray that this week you would bring clarity. You would bring vision. You would bring purpose. Where there's been doubts, where there's been questioning, where there's been foxes, Lord, we ask that you would come and that you would speak to us. I ask for Holy Spirit-led activities, Holy Spirit instinct to be breathed into our spirits. Even as we dream, Lord, we pray for your presence. We pray for your word. We pray for confirmations. And Lord, we declare your victory over each one of us. We declare your victory and your destiny and your absolute best, not second best, not second best, not defeatism, not negativity or any other thing, but Lord, your best for our lives. Lord, I pray that you would increase us as a people. You'd increase us as a house. You'd increase us with clarity, with purpose, with vision, with your presence. And Lord, I pray for any this morning who are here who have struggled with constant brick walls, blockages, restrictions, demotions, Defeat, fear, anxiety, stress, doors closing on them. I declare your victory over those people today in Jesus' name. Your victory, the victory of the cross that defeated everything of the enemy and rose again, rose again victorious and powerful. And you've given us an abundant life. Lord, I pray that you would show us that life, show us that destiny, show us that hope. Lord, we pray for Holy Spirit clarity even today. Holy Spirit, I pray right now you'd fill those needing to be refilled, refilled with your purpose, refilled with your presence. Yeah, let's sing this song together and let's, let's really just worship. Make us ministers of reconciliation to offset injustices and bring healing to people everywhere we go. 
We agree with the new things that will bring spiritual refreshing to those who have been in the wilderness. We declare a new day as God light, God's light shines on and through us. Help us to be stretched in order to receive all that you have for us. And teach us to love as you have loved us, O oh God. And Lord, we pray over us individually, Lord, and as a house, as a community this year, Lord Jesus. We decree your blessing. We decree your favour. We decree your healing. We decree your openings. We decree faith. We decree obedience, healing and life and virtue. Lord, we decree your love over our community and families and region. We decree hope in the name of Jesus. We decree outpourings of your blessing and your love and your presence. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your goodness over us. We pray your banner over us of love, your blood over us of covering, and your spirit dwelling in us with power. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.